thank you again for your testimonies and your willingness to share what God's doing in your life, both when it's very nice and when it's uh, not very nice and when it's challenging, because life is not always a piece of cake. And uh, the strength we get to walk together is also the strength that we have in Jesus. We're called individually, but we are also lots of times called to show who Jesus is together. There's a, you are being saved, and there's, you are going to you to show this. Um, we had, I just, it's because it's all in my head, because we had a good, uh, I had some good conversation with some people about it. That sometimes we think everything's about us. But that's not how God has set it up. When he says that uh, it's, it's a classic maybe that you know that uh, Paul talks about, you are the body of Christ. It's not like you are. It's like you are. Uh, and people will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. So there's a lot of things that that we do best when we uh, when we are together. It's also great because it puts not all the weight on you. And when you don't really feel like praying, then there's other people who can pray and lift you closer to God. And you can do the same. So we take um, we can take a lot of the burden that uh, individual individualism puts on us and say, well, we are are we. And we can carry our burdens for one another. And we can encourage one another. Um, so thank you for participating in that. Um, today we continue with uh, Zechariah 5. Um, it's closed. <laughs> um, oh, there. Which I have called the curse and the cleansing or cleaning. So we're going to have two visions um, today. And it's going to, as I remember... Uh, it's going to end the eight visions that he has. Let, let me just, uh, you're like, oh, he's going to do the long introduction again. Yes, I am. Because then at some point we'll remember it because we hear it again and again. Uh, the book is is from this period of time where Zechariah uh, prophesies to the people of Judea and they have come back from exile in Babylon for 70 years. Uh, this is all my maps. This is how they're coming back in lots of different waves. And if you're looking at it in the story, we are towards uh, towards the New Testament uh, compared, to, compared to where the story is. So God creates the heaven and earth and he creates Adam and Eve. They sin. Then uh, they are taken out. But they're promised that somebody will come and restore everything then God gets uh, quite mad because all the intentions of people are all evil. 
So he has the intention to wipe everything out. But he doesn't. He actually has mercy on one man and his family called Noah. And he saves them. He puts grace on them. And then people be like, that's where the rainbow comes from. Yeah, that's in the story of Noah. When God promises not to destroy the world with water again. Then God picks a man out of Ur called Abraham, and then he's going to work through his family and says he will bless all peoples of the earth. In that story, then we got uh, then we get us, uh, the descendants of there. They're going to then uh, with uh, its name is Israel, Jacob. Be a people. They're not many people, but they go into they go into Egypt, become slaves for four hundred years. Then they get this marvelous freeing out of God. Then God gives him His commandments, His law to obey, so they'll know who He is. They get, he says, "I'll give you a promise and a blessing or a curse. If you will just obey this, you will be blessed. If you won't, you will be cursed." And he promises them a new land to be in. They enter that land after 40 years of walking in the desert of disobedience. And then they enter the land and they are like, oh yes, this is our land. Things are great. But uh, not much time passes before they rebel against God and the land is split in two. Israel in the north, Judah in the south. Israel only has evil kings. Judah has some good kings. It all ends. It all ends with them being drug off into exile. So now we're coming back from exile. People are invited back in. We're in a place where, where Zechariah Zach- is, uh, along with Haggai, and also the two people we also met, which was uh, Joshua and Zerubbabel. They were encouraged to build the temple. But they got this courage because people opposed them and, and they stopped building the temple. So Zechariah comes and encourages them to continue to build the temple and to continue to trust God and his promises. And so the first call was to repent and f- turn back to God and I'll turn back to you. And then God said, I will cleanse you, or I will cleanse, I will remove, I will punish your enemies. I will punish your enemies. Don't be afraid of your enemies. I will also cleanse the priesthood, and I will cleanse the, the, uh, the, the, the power structures. And I'll do this all by my spirit. And so today we get to chapter 6. No, that's not true. <laughs> chapter 5 and we'll have two visions today Zachariah has two visions that he's going to tell us about Um, so the stopping of the temple the rebuilding of the temple Um, in the line of this uh, these eight prophecies uh, uh, things we're now down by the flying scroll and the woman in the basket and we see this parallel from 1 to 8, 7 to 2 and different things you can see there kind of confirming each other. So today uh, we are going to have the two last ones, not last, 
the last one would be next week, but the seven, six and seven. Um, and so let's read together. And again, I lifted my eyes and behold, a flying scroll. And he said to me, what do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and its width is 10 cubits. Then he said to me, this is the curse that goes out over, goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals shall be cleaned out according to what is on one side. And everyone who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely by my name. And it shall remain in his house and consume it both timber and stones. And the angel who talked with me came forward and said, Lift your eyes and see what is going out. And I said, What is it? He said, This is a basket that's going out. And he said, This is their iniquity in this land. And behold, the laden cover was lifted, and there was a woman sitting in the basket. And he said, this is wickedness and thrust her back into the basket and thrust down the lead, leaden weight on its opening then I lifted my eyes and saw and behold two women coming forward the wing, wind was in their wings and they had wings like a stork and they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven then I said to the angel who talked with me where are they taking this basket? And he said to me, to the land of Shinar, to build a house for it. And when it is prepared, they will set it, set the basket down on its base. Amen. So, so that's all clear. So we don't have to... <laughs> Kaleem was like, this week, she's like, what does it mean? <laughs> well, that's a good question. We'll now investigate what these, what these visions mean. Now, I said last time, and maybe also the kids can do this, uh, and also adults can do this. This is, this is actually, I mean, and I'm, I'm not very good at drawing, but this is actually maybe some of the chapters where drawing can help you. Uh, that as you are just to help you with this because when you when he describes this scroll well then try to draw a scroll try to draw well you have to have a very very big piece of paper but maybe you can but but you can you can draw it out and see like what does this look like and the same thing with the woman in the basket and the people or the 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 ladies with the wings flying her away, it it might just help you, just um, see some of what it is that he's trying to to share with us. 
you can also just give up after a while if you can't draw at all. Sometimes I do that. But, uh, but I think it is actually good to try to do this. It, these are not like my speciality. The same thing with building the temple. Oh, man, I f- think it's so boring. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But some of those like architectural things where they give things, it's like, oh, man, and now they're going to say it again in the next chapter. Uh, and maybe it's just because I'm not so good with that, but I think if uh, it, it might be helpful for, to, to draw some of those things. Um, and you might say, why? Well, just to get a grasp on, on the text also. Sometimes it's also not clear how many people <laughs> are in there. But today it's not so confusing. But All right, let's look at the first one. So again, it, it, every time we have this uh, phrase, I lifted my eyes, then a new, a, new, um, a new vision starts. And so he lifts his eyes and he sees this scroll. So does everyone, everyone know what a scroll is? Lee knows, nobody else knows. <laughs> so so uh, we had this conversation today. So it's not like they have uh, tons of books at this time. So so the scroll is is uh, is what predates the books. It's a it's a round piece that where uh, later papyrus uh, is uh, is uh, is rolled around, and then you can roll it out, and then you can read. So it's uh, what comes before books. Um, so that, uh, so he sees a flying scroll, and it's a uh, quite large. It's uh, let me get the. It's four point five meters wide, and nine meters long, or fifteen meters, no, fifteen feet wide, and thirty feet long. So it's it's actually pretty big. And so, but the, so, like, why do you have a flying scroll? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, other than we see that it's in motion and it goes out of the land, we read in the text that it's a curse that goes out over all the lands. Some translations would here go in and say it is all over the earth. And it's supposed to go to everyone who steals that they will be cleaned out according to what's on one side of the scroll. So it's written on both sides, which is um, untraditional to do. Uh, And on the other side, it goes out to those who witness and swear falsely about who God is, that they will be cleansed out. So there's a curse that goes out to all the land to to cleanse out the evil of theft and false swearing. And we'll be like, oh, okay. But then it's in the latter part of the first um, section, one to four, in four, three. No, but because four is on the next side. Oh, there. Because who is going to do this? God will do this. I will send out, declares the Lord of hosts. Um, 
So we have this explanation of the of the scroll going out over the land, cleansing out the thieves and the ones who swear falsely. And then God says, I will do this. Last time we talked about how God does things through his spirit and not uh, power and might, but by his spirit. And then what will happen is that this curse will enter the house of the thief and the house of the house of the people who swear falsely in God's name and it should remain there and consume it both timber and stones well, there's a lot of houses that might be destroyed there so God's sending this vision to Zechariah of this scroll that God will cleanse the land like he cleansed the priesthood and the leadership and that he was also going to put an end to sin. So then there's another vision that Zechariah gets the vision talks about he asks the question what is it that's being taken out uh, angel said lift your eyes and see what is going out and he says what is it he says this is the basket that's going out and he said this is their iniquity in all the land so this basket being, being lifted out is their iniquity it is the what is all the wrong things that are going on there's a lot of different things going on with the translation here some people say it is an eye some people say that the basket is not a basket but it's a measuring cup and ether um, but in any case this measuring cup uh, not cup measuring thing and the um, basket there's somebody in there and the angel lifts the lid and you see there's a woman in there that is wickedness and then uh, the angel thrusts the, the, the wickedness back in and slams the lid back on and then as this is happening he lifts his eyes and sees two women and they have wind in their stork wings and they lift this basket away up towards heaven. And Zachariah asks for us, where are they taking it? Then they explain the angel explanation. The angel that explains things is they're taking it to Shinar where they're building a house for it and they're going to put it there when it's done. So Shinar is the old word or the area of where Babylon also is. So we see in this one that iniquity and wickedness is taken out, boxed in, and cleansed out of the land. So idol worship, wickedness is removed. So we have the first vision, a scroll that's a curse to cleanse the land 
from the false witness about who God is and for the people who steal. Now, some people are like, well, so it's only for, it's only for the thieves and for the people who falsely witness about God. Well, we remember when also Jesus sums up the law, when people ask him, like, what are the most important things in the law? It's summed up by, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Some people also say it's the two tablets of the, two tablets of the, uh, of the law. You have uh, breaking the law and witnessing falsely about God. You break your relationship with God. Stealing is you steal and break your relationship with others. So you could say it's, it's a way where you break the whole sum of the law. You break your relationship with God. You break your relationship with people. It's the opposite of what Jesus asks us to do. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and your neighbor as yourself. So lying and also maybe in this context as we will see later, lying is also sometimes that you're not honest with measures, like you're not honest in business. Uh, you use uh, this is supposed to be um, weigh one kilo but it actually weighs uh, uh, two kilos so <laughs> I will get less uh, uh, so those are types of lying also it's all the sins that we commit against one another and then the false witness about who God is I falsely witness about who God is, I might even worship other gods and thereby sh- um, misrepresent who God is. Now, uh, when, when, like now I, t- I told this whole long story which I was reminded about as I was doing this because it's called the curse well where is it that the curse is shown and it is shown quite early and if we go back in Deuteronomy 30 I'm not going to read the whole thing but reading Deuteronomy chapter 30 explains why the people are in the situation they are in because Moses when he sums up the law is going to tell them what will happen if they choose to curse and so choosing the curse is choose, not choosing the blessing the blessing will be to follow God's law but if they will not follow God's law the curse will come and so, oh, I think I actually have it. Yes, I do have it there. So Moses says to them, he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you, your offspring, may live long, 
loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land, and the Lord swore to you, our fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them. So, when when Moses is taking the people out of captivity, giving them the law and giving them the summation of the law, he says, I'll give you two options. That is a curse and a blessing. And the blessing is choose life, obey, hold fast, love God. Then you will receive the blessing. Now the curse is the land will spit you out if you are going to do the same things as the people in the land the land will spit you out and you will go into exile so this thing is not new but would would maybe for those people hearing what this vision will bring back to remembrance what Moses has taught them, that they had been set forth a blessing and a curse. But their forefathers had chosen the curse. But, but, what is God now doing? God is now showing how steadfast and how long-suffering he is that he's calling his people back He's cleansing them and calling them back from exile again. They were in exile in slavery in Egypt, but now they're coming, are being called out of exile back in to Jerusalem. They're being called to blessing. So God is faithful and he's calling his people back now. The 70 years has passed of the punishment's duration. And he's calling them back. Now, we had this discussion at home. Now, why did God give the law? What was the law designed for? We'll see it here. We see that the law was to guide people to God's heart to guide people to God away from evil and wickedness and idol worship. It was an invitation into relationship with God to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and not idols. If people did that, they wouldn't be lying. They wouldn't steal and bear false witness because they'd experience a loving God that made the law so that they could know who he was. They could, made, they could understand who the God was that had made them in their image. But they and we often misunderstand the law and God. We hear, do this and I'll accept you. We hear, if I do this, I am righteous and better than other people. And we become proud. But 
that's not why God gave the law. God gave the law to invite into relationship. Not so I can say that I will obey the Ten Commandments so I am now blameless. That wasn't the point. No, the point was that we would understand who God is and be invited into relationship with him. To know who God was, that was the invitation. Not that we would be like, I am great because I can do this. Or go into the old opposite route and say, well, I can't do this, so I might as well not do any of it. I might as well worship other gods. I might as well do all sorts of other things because I can't do this. It's too much. I can't do it. Both are misunderstanding who God is. And and and, and Jesus confronts the, the people that are religious and trusting in themselves and say, your hearts, are far, your hearts are far from me, but you just honor me with your lips. The other people would be like, well, I give up. I can't do it. And they run away and think that there's no place for them. They have both misunderstood who God is. So God's law is perfect, holy, and invites us actually into <laughs> relationship. Jesus said to himself, the law is not going to go away. I will fulfill it. The psalmist says, I meditate on the law day and night. Paul talks, it's the perfect law. But sin in us makes us perverse. It gives us a perverse relationship with the law. It was, a relationship, it was an invitation into getting to know who God was. So, what does that have to do with us? Well, I think it does actually have to do a lot of things. When you see the scroll going out over the whole land to um, cleanse the the thieves and the false witnesses, and we're like, we're not those people. <laughs> well, no, but but sometimes we might actually choose the curse. And you might you be, wait a minute, I don't choose a curse. <laughs> I'm not that dumb. Well, no, of course you're not. That's not what I'm saying. But, 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 but we might look at ourselves and say, but, but, but what am I running after? Sometimes do we even make the law a curse because we say, I'm righteous more than other people now because I understand this part of the law. I'm good at this, so therefore I am righteous in the eyes of God. But then again, that's missing the point, isn't it? Because the law was to draw us to God, into relationship with God, not whether or not we could master the different commandments. It was about, and is about, relationships. And sometimes we can maybe think about that a view of God and a view of the law is also it presses on us those times where we think there's other times where we are more right with God than others the days where we've done well now I feel like I deserve it 
the way now when we have failed, we feel like we don't deserve it. Well, the thing is, we don't deserve any of it. But God shows us in his law a way to relationship. So, but then what about all the pain I feel, the guilt, the sorrow? What about my broken body and the injustice? In the, we live in a cursed world. It's like maybe people don't want to call, talk about curse and blessing anymore in our society. But people talk a lot about injustice. But we in the world has a very strong tendency to live after the curse. There's not a lot of people in the world that says nothing's wrong. And if we say the world's okay, is that more deception from the devil? That we just, well, things are broken, but that's okay. Are we so used to living in a broken world that we don't really know what the blessing is, but we just so used to the curse? Um, so the law was not there for the law's, the law's sake. It was there to protect the people and to have them put their hope and faith and trust in God and come, become obedient from the heart. Not that they will be begrudgingly, begrudgingly obedient to God because God said, I have to do this. That wasn't the point. And the same thing today. Like, God is not glorified when we're like, okay, I won't lie then. I really want to lie. But, like, that's not, not, that's not what God is looking for. Or like, oh, I have to be generous. I'll be generous. No, he's looking for us to have relationship with God and that we're obedient from the heart. That God's commandments are not burdensome, but they're actually leading to blessing in life. So then when we start complaining, maybe you don't do it loud, but in our hearts we start complaining about what God asks us to do. We should maybe be looking like, well, this is God inviting me into relationship, to becoming obedient from the heart. Then the vision of the scroll was that God's law was to stop sin. And God will make that happen and cleanse the land. And Zechariah and the others are looking. But the Zechariah and the other people in this time are looking at a place where there is false witness about God, stealing people's land after they come back. Slavery was happening. So these words must have been such an encouragement that instead of this ruling, God would remove all those things and make things right. It might also create fear and trembling to people who were oppressing and, and, um, and lying and stealing. But it was God saying, I will cleanse these people also as he had cleansed the priesthood, the governorship, I will cleanse the land 
so the hope is that people wanted to follow God's law because they knew God, not because they got a list of things they had to do. And God promises to cleanse. The second vision. God's taking iniquity away from the land and restoring it. And we talk about this can be the land or the whole earth, depending on the translation. The woman with the stork wings, they come up and pick up a basket. Um, and the guy left again. Um, and inside is wickedness. And they're taking wickedness back to Babylon. Um, and so they remember the call, don't be a daughter of Babylon, come to Jerusalem and be a daughter of Jerusalem. So, so the wickedness is being moved to, to Babylon is most likely a picture of God taking away idol worship and evil from the land. That God is telling the, the, the exiles, hey, when you come back, don't bring the Babylonian gods. Don't bring those false worship back here. And it's kind of like a repeat of what was happening in Exodus. Don't bring the um, Egyptian gods into this land. Don't worship the goddess of the land. Worship only me. I set before you blessing and curse. Choose life. Choose blessing. And then the good question is, so what does that have anything to do with us? <laughs> well, I mean, it's great for all of us to know that God can bind wickedness and evil and send it away. Neither is now as in the first visions. Because we, <laughs> we do see wicked things. Like we see lying, stealing, idol worship, false worship. Then what would like cleansing and removal do? But what if it's us? <laughs> well, then it would judge our sin and failures. And it's a call for them and us to not sin and choose to curse and to not bear false witness about God to not take partake, partake of iniquity and sin but instead return to God and worship him only the Lord was good and it was and it led to God the Father even if we as people often misuse the law then the smart person of you that went to Sunday school will say but we can't keep the law. We fail. And we are guilty of it all. And you're right. We are. And that's not that great. <laughs> and we often go wrong. And we, we choose the curse instead of the blessing. And we fail in our relationship with God. I think sometimes we misunderstand that the law is not just a law where we have these scales. Like I do good, now I obey 50%. Because if the law is the way to relationship with God, we fail in our relationship. 
And so how is relationship restored? Because then you can't keep score. Like, oh, I obeyed this law, but I failed this one. But then I obey another one, then it tips this way. No, if if the, the law was there to have us have relationship with God, a relationship cannot be restored by doing another part of the law. So, then what is the solution? Well, most of you are not going to be shocked at the solution because we've been singing about it and worshiping God for it. Yes, God gives us a great law and invites us into relationship that we might know him. And we, re- and we reject that often and choose to curse. But as I said in the beginning, God said that I will bring someone to restore things. And God made that plan from the beginning. So God sends Jesus to show in the flesh to God that we didn't really understand from the law. He wanted to make it maybe easier for us to understand who he was. So kind and gracious is God. And and Jesus showed in his life who God is and what God's like. Because Jesus is God. Our Our sin problem that we choose to curse again and again. But God is so gracious. That Jesus chooses the sin. No, Jesus chooses to become the curse for whoever believes in him. So Jesus enters and takes the curse on himself in his death to bridge the gap of relationship with God, making it possible for us to have a restored relationship with God in Jesus. In his resurrection, he restores us, gives us right standing with the Father. Not steeped in the curse. We're not steeped in the curse. But in Christ, we're clothed in Jesus. Then we can pray and plead with God to work by the Holy Spirit in all of us and the people around us as we live as his people shine in lights and giving hope to all the people around us. That God is going to make all things new. So, two visions. God was going to cleanse the land from all the wickedness or from the, from the two things, from false witness, from um, liars. The whole law broken. He was going to cleanse it out. There's some uh, echoes of what was going to be done with unclean houses. If that's probably your favorites from Leviticus, if there's mold or something, then the houses and houses would be cleansed, and the last thing that will happen is the house had to be rejected. But that's what God was going to do: cleanse it all, like He had cleansed the other people. And God was telling the people, "I will remove, and we will not accept that you bring evil." into this place instead I'll bring 
I will clean and make this temple that you're building a holy place. And for us, it is the understanding that God's law is for us to be drawn into relationship with God. Yes, we have failed, but God has made a way through Jesus that yes, we chose the curse, but in Christ, Jesus becomes the curse to set us free from that curse, and instead, we can stand in his righteousness, clothed in Jesus. And then, wickedness and all evil will be removed in return when Jesus comes. So, the same question as the first people is, will we put our hope and faith and trust in God? Will we choose the blessing instead of the curse? Will we choose Jesus instead of our own way? I will plead with all of us to choose Jesus, choose life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, or I thank you and praise you for who you are. Um, I do apologize and repent for the many times I have totally misunderstand who, misunderstood who you are. Uh, thinking that you just want me to obey rules without understanding you're inviting me into a relationship with you. That your love is actually not contingent on how well I do but how, because you said, but of how amazing God you are. I pray that in this moment and continuing this week that you will work by your Holy Spirit in us um, and you will restore a right view of who you are, God. Um, that you are a God who delights in who you are and who you are as a trinity and you delight in being merciful um, and kind and good. And let us understand how much you've done for us. So much you have become like Jesus that you chose to become the curse for us. That we could be set free from the penalty of separation from God we didn't have to bear the wrath of God but you did help us anew to find help us anew to see how much that is and how much that is uh, how much that value is and how much valuable you are Lord I pray for all of us as we go through this week help us to choose life Help us to choose your way, Jesus. Help us to understand it's a relationship with who you are. Not just about doing good things. We thank you for this time. We pray for this week. Bless us. Help us to choose 
your path in relationship with you. Help us to walk with you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Yeah, we can stand up to have the benediction. Oh, yes. Well, okay. Uh, Just before we do that, we can have uh, Kaliche come up and we'll pray for her. She's going to Portugal. Um, So we'll just pray for them. And uh, study there. You're coming back in January, December. Okay. God, we just thank you for this uh, time we could spend together worshiping and honoring who you are. We also pray for Kelly and her family for this time of study in Portugal. Pray for wisdom and guidance, health, and a uh, place to stay, and a good, um, you bring things to remembrance of what she has to do and what she has to learn and, and all the things that is there. So will you grant them favor in the eyes of the people around? And we ask that you bring her safely back here in December. Will you bless them and keep them, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we will together um, have this benediction from Hebrews. Author of Hebrews writes, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Make you complete in every good work to do his will, which is working in you what is is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to to him be glory forever and ever. Amen.